How does one right. introduce a a Vedic <laughs> execution? Hold on, stop, stop. We have to start this over. Well, it's already recording, so just keep going. Put yourself on mute. <laughs> this is this is meant to be a very serious podcast that is dedicated to the drive, only to the drive, coaching the drive, hard catches, big legs. That's really what we're here to talk about. And that pretty much summarizes, summarizes the point of this, this particular show. Of course, you know, we will expect it to go viral as well and reach hundreds of thousands of people in the rowing community. And um, we expect them to think we're geniuses when they see it. Which they will. Well, wait, wait, we're not. We are geniuses, right? Exactly. Mostly Daniela. We have to do you're the closest. She's, she's you're smarter the closest, than us. You're the closest to being the genius now. Oof. Hardly. It's because I learned everything from you last summer. <laughs> Thanks. So, Nicholas. Right. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Well, I mean, if we, would, if we really want to talk about things of substance here... Um, you know, because there are three or four people who might listen to this at some point in like six years from now. Um, you know, I would say the, the first question that most people are asking themselves at this point is that they, they have an ergometer and they have themselves and they're trying to find motivation, but they just look at the ergometer and they're not sure about whether the motivation will come to them. How do you handle this? Some of them don't even have ergs. But no, no raising of hands is necessary. Obviously, we're <laughs> going to be talking to each over, over each other on this show anyway, so. I think some of the great things that are out there right now are like what Concept2 is doing and what Rower's Choice is doing with these virtual competitions and ways to get involved. Um, you know, I listened to Jesse, Jesse's talk uh, last night on suspension, and they actually had it populated with how many, or the percentage of people that were coaches, rowers, and athletes, and the athletes superseded pretty much the total of all the other uh, parties on there. So there's more athletes tuning into, you know, interactive stuff where they can ask coaches questions. Um, so I think that that's certainly one way to stay motivated. Um, but at the same time, like you do want to acknowledge that, you know, what they're feeling is true. The, the adolescents right now of this generation are um, struggling and they're struggling with being bored and a lot of them won't have had the ability or the opportunity to think outside of this instant gratification mode that they've grown up in. So, so embrace the struggle. Is that the, Embrace the struggle, but I, I think there's certainly outlets out there. But if if I was an athlete and I let myself get caught up in you know, that negative self-talk, like that, that can only do so much. Like we're going to be in this situation for a while. We're going to be able, or not be able to be able, but um, we're going to be coping with this both currently and the consequences in the aftermath for a while. Um, so I think it's up to the initiative of the athlete to seek out their own resources. But I think three of us or four of us can certainly talk about the different resources that are out there. Yeah. And I agree with Katie. I think, you know, everyone, everyone's going through the same thing right now. All teams, all, all athletes are going through the same thing. So you can't just think, well, woe is me. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, my puddle of tears for the next five months until hopefully racing season starts again 
or fall season starts, who knows, but you got to take some initiative somewhere. Like I would start with like, what's your goal? Like start with what your goal is. Okay. And figure it out and then go to, how do I get there? How do I do that? How do I get to that goal? Not just what do you need to do, but like how very detailed do I get there? That gives you, I think, a, a good way to start hitting those things. So turning into a webinar, that can be a big advantage, okay? Like, I'm gonna learn some things. How do I get there? Well, I need to, I wanna learn how to suspend more. That's one of my ways, could be one of them. Um, but also turning into teammates or online competitions, if that's what like helps you get going, like tune into it, but fit it into a plan. Like, if you don't have a plan, you've got nothing. You're just kind of going at it. Yeah. There's so like kind of funny memes. People are like, oh, you're either going to, you know, gain, you're going to come out of the quarantine really overweight or you're going to come out of the quarantine really fit. And I think that's true, though. Like, I think this is some people are going to buckle down and they're going to work out and they're gonna put in the work and they're gonna come into quarantine faster than they went into quarantine. But then there are there are gonna be people who came into quarantine, you know, with a really good understanding of Netflix. So what about playlists? Like maybe that's the maybe that's the key is the right music. Well, I don't think it should be music. I think they should be listening to this podcast. I think you're are you Here. poking me, Ryan? Are you you're poking because you know that I'm super against music during any tough piece. Steady state, go for it. But I look at music as a crutch. I, I pretty much music to get through a hard workout. You are soft. I pretty much only listen to one song, and that's Eminem. Um, <laughs> song I don't even know the name of the song. We're gonna go with that one. It's his most famous song. That's that's pretty much that's what I listen to on what's repeat the, for forty minutes. What is the beat? What's the beat like? It's like one shot. Oh, I don't even know the name of the song. Lose Eight yourself. mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One opportunity, right? One, exactly. one opportunity. Each stroke is an opportunity. Well, I think let's, let's not forget either is that, you know, certainly while everybody's at home and they're trying to figure out, uh, you know, like what the next steps are, as Nick alluded to, I think that's a great idea of having goal setting and something tangible that you can continue to work on that, you know, with realistic action steps in between your teammates and your coaches, like they haven't just, like disappeared into thin air. There's still very much resources for you, whether or not your team is getting together on Zoom phone calls or over FaceTime, but like your coaches are still easily accessible and they're frankly just as, they can be just as stressed out as you are about trying to find normalcy and trying to develop a routine. Um, this is new for everybody. So it's not, I think that while you may not see the face-to-face -face, or you may not have that face-to-face -face interaction on a daily basis like you would in your normal routine, it's important to know that they're still there and you can still rely on them and, and use them as resources. And that's a, I think that's a really valid point, Katie. Can I ask a stupid question? There's no such thing as a stupid question, uh, except for those that aren't asked. <laughs> um, can I ask you all to name a song that you would put on your playlist? <laughs> Especially Ooh. Nick, because Nick doesn't like music when he's erging. So that'll be a good, no, 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 no. Like we, we, we should clarify. I think there's a difference between playing music while you're just training and having fun or doing something else and needing music to do a hard workout that has a purpose. Very different things. One, sure, play music. The other one, whenever any, when, whenever anything but, hard happens in my life, I listen to music at the same time. Like, you know, 
just anything bad that happens, I typically will turn on music. I'm gonna go with the cop-out answer. Like it really depends on what I'm doing. Wait, so we're talking about any song that we like or the song that we like to work out to or? Right, right now, while we're all in quarantine, while we're all doing our workouts at home, like what's one song that you would put on? I would have to go Paramore, uh, Ain't It Fun, or uh, Mo Bounce by Iggy Italia. So mm. those would be my two. That is a good one. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I've legitimately been switching between like hard rap and country every day. Do you ever have a playlist that has like one song, like hardcore rap, next song country? No, I can't do that, I can't do that, no. I have to to separate it, yeah, have to separate it. I would say right now though, Pretty, pretty. That is fun. Is that, is that, that an play music? Of how they go hard. And that, it's not Beyonce or Gaga. That's impressive for me. I didn't. <laughs> what was that? What? What song was that? I couldn't understand it. Oh, yeah. It's just called Shut You Down. Sean Dean and Majestic. It was on this Ministry of Sound playlist. I've had it on repeat for like weeks now. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. So that's your recommendation, Nick? No, I, I, I don't know. That's what I would probably put on. I'd put on the Ministry of Sound playlist, playlist and just go. Okay. And then we have rap and country as a combined playlist from Daniela. Alternating day to day with a lot of like, it's the rap is primarily like middle child by J. Cole, like just over. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, so is that how you hack um, or overcome training alone is to essentially have goals and have a good playlist and, and rely on the support of one's coaches? Structure. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that like you have a pl- like you have a plan. I think that's good, but then you have like a week plan, right? So you know what your workouts are, and then you're like, okay, well, when am I doing this? What am I doing now? Like the one of the great things you get out of being on a team is half your week is already planned and structured, so you know where things have to slide in. You get to something like this situation, and there's a lot of ambiguity, like right? There's not as much structure, but if you create it and you have a plan, then I think that helps get you through kind of the, the big challenges that get in your way. Okay. okay. I mean, you've got brothers and sisters and like other people at home too with you, like mm-hmm. encourage them to jump in. I'm at home with my mom and my mom thinks she now has a personal trainer. Um, and she she's does. the one asking me being like, hey, can we go do stuff? And I'm like, today's kind of my rest day, but sure, fine. Um, so I think it's being, interactive with people too um i don't know yeah i think i think there's something special in doing it yeah doing it with whoever you have available to you even if it's not you know your typical training partner i think there's strength in numbers what do you what is what is the movement currently around like rowing with other people simultaneously on the erg 
Like, is that, I mean, I know that there's an app out there called Live Rowing, which enables people to essentially have a simultaneous workout, but I don't know who's, who's using it. Um, but I know a handful of uh, like club coaches that are still coaching virtually. Um, and even some junior coaches that are doing that as well. Obviously it depends on your own program, but um, I have coaches that'll still coach from the ERG while they're like just watching it. So what does, what does virtual coaching involve? Like, is that about setting up a zoom call and like watching someone ERG and then giving them pointers? Or is that like, you know, could there be such a thing as virtual coxing where you could set up your coxswain on your phone on your erg and your coxswain could call your piece for you? Heck yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Or the worst. Depends. Well, I think the, the virtual coaching piece, there's a lot of ways you could do it. One of the things I think is valuable on the, the skill side, if you want to get into video work, like, I don't need to watch someone do the piece like the piece is the piece but i am interested in just getting a few a video of a few strokes and looking at it and then trying to provide here's a tangible skill something that needs to be changed something that you can work on here's some things to do it and then you've got a you've got some time on your own your job is to get it so that in a week when we chat again you can here's the video of me doing it now nick here was the goal we talked about. I made sure I understood it. Is it better or worse? This is better. This is better. This didn't change. Let's talk about how we focus on that. That way your skills improving the entire time. I mean, that's more, that's closer to the international model of coaching, which is where you go out in a small boat and get coaching for 500 meters and then do your own thing for like 1500 to improve it and then get coaching again, 500 meters. That's interesting. Maybe we, it's the foundation of like building actual expertise. You know, you need time to figure out some of these things on your own and really experiment. One of the downsides to being in a big team is so much of our practice is structured around the, the need for the group. But now you could actually structure your entire next six, seven weeks, however long this goes, around just what you need, just you. And you can actually come back really, really fit and really improved because you're just more aware of, oh, these are things that I needed or, um, yeah, I would just like leave it at that. Like you can, there are skills in rowing that you can continue to work on, coordination, timing, those are the big ones and you know, how you're doing it. You can come back way better. You might not even get more fit. If you just fix those things, you would come back better. Nick, where do you, where would you go seek out opportunities? Cause I, from what I would guess is that we could learn a lot more from say other sports, right? Where, you know, you've got the agility aspect of, um, I don't know, uh, tennis, like the hand-eye coordination from tennis a little bit, like, you know, um, where do you think that like our athlete or the junior athletes today or the collegiate athletes today could draw inspiration from what other sports? Um, Man, that's actually a really good question. Because uh, one of the ones that I think you can get the most from is swimming. Because mm -hmm. yeah. there's so much coordination involved in swimming. Like mm -hmm. It's so related to, to rowing on that, on just the coordination of, of how you're moving. Um, but not like swimming pools are open right now. So that one's pretty hard. So my go-to is, is out. Um, you know, if you can go for runs, 
you can actually experiment with different running styles and you can do some, you can, it's an easy Google search. Look at some of the different ways that people run and then go out and just try practicing it. There's different things that you can figure out. That is something super simple that you can do on your own. You can be socially distanced. You can explore it and you can figure it out. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're running with like a heel strike right now and you are actually a better like forefoot or midfoot lander, right? Maybe you, who knows what is. There's actual like different levels of skill and you can go explore it. That's what I would do, I guess, in this situation. Otherwise, swimming. So is that just about the awareness of like, <clears throat> I mean, you're aware of putting the blade in, right? Like you're aware of how you put the blade in. Are you? <laughs> um, and, and so is that like, is the running exercise more of like, you know, is that about body awareness during exertion? Is that what the point of that is? Absolutely. Well, not even during exertion, but I think just generally. I think that that's one of the things that we generally struggle with. Um, I think it's one of the things that like, when, when you don't play outside as much as a kid, there are some levels of coordination that aren't happening the way they probably used to. Can't guarantee that, but that would be my, my guess anecdotally. And so this is a way to start exploring with like, how do I actually move these two things at the same time? Or how do I move, you know, my legs at a certain tempo? How do you, maybe you practice, this is a good way to, this is actually a good thing. Jog the same speed, but change how many steps you take. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, I'm just going to try to jog the exact same speed. I'm going to go one minute and I'm going to try to take, you know, as few steps as possible. I think... And take the next the most. That's kind of an awareness thing that we don't really do much anymore. Um, and it used to be, I think, from what I've, you know, just talking with people around, like playing little games with yourself on coordination when you were like out running around as a kid was a lot more common than it is. But it's something that you could actually use in rowing. Well, I mean, what we're, it's an interesting conversation. And then what we're really getting into here is, is, like the potential of social distancing to create a, a better level of awareness of oneself in the sport than one would have on a team. Is that right? I, like, I think everybody, everybody can turn this into an advantage for them. You have to find what you need, mm -hmm. get a plan for it, structure your life around it, and then get to it. Let me, let me ask, you know, Katie is a former recruiter at Penn. Nick, Nick is a current coach at Columbia. Like, what do you think the impact on 2K ergometer scores is going to be in August of this year for this upcoming class, just in so far as like the amount of work that's being done on the ergs right now, the amount of independent, like so there's, there's something that would probably like make erg scores faster uh, for recruiting. But then you have the factor that like, you know, that's all being done independently which could actually create a little bit less, like I, I don't know what the role of that would be in, in, in terms of the dynamics of like overall, the overall standards, but I'm, I'm wondering whether it actually will, will, it will make it harder to pull good ergs because you just don't have a team to do it with. Right. I think, um, I know at least for, for us, what I started to do over the past couple of years is try try to tell the athlete's story outside of just an erg score. So, you know, what, what background led them to rowing, you know, how certainly how they evolved in the sport. And like, you take a look at, you know, the erg score as simply just a variable, but there's a lot of other variables that can go into it. Um, 
So whether or not you want to just look at that as being strategic and trying to like have a holistic view of the athlete or whether we're just trying to be creative to find like the uniqueness in someone, um, I think that that's going to come into play a lot in August because certainly have, like a lot of these kids aren't going to have access to ergs. I talked to Concept2 today and they're sold out, but that's not like, that's not <laughs> to say, yeah. Um, <laughs> like that's not to say that every kid, every household is going to have an erg. So we can't hold that against them if, if they don't have access to that type of material, but like kind of what Nick was talking about of learning how to train yourself in different ways, like getting to know, all right, what, like how, how did the past couple of months for you? How did you manage it? What was your routine? Like, what was your structure? You know, how did you measure progress? I think that as coaches and as recruiters, we're going to have to be a little bit more creative and I should say more willing to look at the, I'm not going to use the word, or, unconventional standards or unusual standards um or unusual variables um to be able to make a full assessment so i'm I'm asking i mean i think that's good advice and i think that's interesting and i think that like kids will want to adapt but i also say like from the perspective of you know don't let me put words in your mouth here but like not you guys mouths but but the the perspective student athletes mouths but i'm I'm thinking their question is like, this thing is cutthroat anyway. We know that like, you know, this is going to come down to a 2k score at least in some part because it always has like, am I, should I expect that like the 2k standards that I know about for recruiting are going to be lower because I, because my peers are spending more time on the ERG. Like, and should I, should, you know, what, what part of motivation should that be for me? I mean, I'll, I'll fight you a little bit on that. Like I, again, like, does it come down to 2k? I, I think that, there's other variables that I look at outside of a 2k and yeah, I'm going to I take mean, the ev- answer. Everyone um, is a special, is a special rainbow, special snowflake. Right. And you got to find the right ones, but no, I, I think that if the kid is so wrapped up in trying to, you know, just bang out a 2k, they're going to miss a lot of other aspects of training. Um, and you know, I st- I've started to take a little bit more of a shift away from the 2k a little bit and taking a look at, you know, what, what other, factors would indicate that they have good endurance right so not even looking at a 2k but looking at you know 5k's 6k's like what what does their body do under a prolonged period of stress not just a 2k um so i think that i i could see um there being a lot of stress around the the earth but i would i would hope that coaches certainly can think with an open mind and, and help the athlete recognize that all right you know we want you to be old and not like training to be on a nerd. That would be my, I don't know if Nick or Daniela, you want to jump in or completely fight me on that one, but. Daniela, you're up. I don't know. I think that given that, you know, I'm in the South and there's not a lot of ergs here, especially where I am, you know, you can't, not every kid is going to be able to, or not every kid's parents are going to be able to go out and buy them a concept two or get them to a place where they can get one. And you can't put, and then, okay, let's see. And then let's say they do have access to an ERG. How do you know that they're getting a training plan that's going to set them up for any success for a 2K? They could just be busting out 500, eight by 500 every day for the next six months. You know, who knows? That sounds marvelously engaging. But I mean, that's probably, you know, that's, 
I'm sure that there's a few kids who, if we did a poll, that's what I'm going to do on Instagram next. I'm going to do a poll and say, how many times have you done eight by 500s since the quarantine started? <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what the number is. Because I'm sure there's been a lot of one minute on, one minute offs, a lot of eight by 500s, a lot of 750s. You want to know who's doing steady state? Probably not many of them. <laughs> so. So what's interesting about that is that, that what I'm hearing is that 2Ks are not going to get faster as a result of spending increased for, what's, what's interesting about it is that juniors spending potentially 50% more time on the ERG this year, moving into the fall recruiting season than they normally do, aren't going to have faster 2Ks than they No, are. I think, I think, the, I think the kids who are, the kids who are already at the top um, and who are already doing the right things and are aware of what a training plan should look like and are aware of you know what their nutrition should look like right now and what their sleep should look like right now um, and are maybe just like a little more mature i think they're gonna get faster because they're gonna have a plan uh, they're gonna succeed but the kids you know who are like oh i don't have to go to school like i'm gonna stay up till 1 a.m every day and I'm going to sleep till 10 and then I'll, you know, bust out a few 500s when I feel like it. Like, but I think the kids at the top are just going to keep going up. The kids at the bottom are, they're at the bottom. The dogs agree. (laughs) They're here for it. Nick. All right, Nick. I I agree with the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Some people are going to get faster, but it's going to only do it's only going to separate kind of some of the divisions that were there for the most part um what what'll be what'll be lost is there are some people in the middle who get pulled along to great fitness because they get put in a boat with they're in a quad because they're the next guy and the other three guys or girls are pretty good and so they are pulled up to speed pretty quick and by the time they get to youth nationals you know, you would have never known that person started rowing, you know, just a year ago. That experience is going to be lost for a lot of really talented athletes. And I think that's the part I worry about most, which is, you know, how do we make sure that as a sport, we're, we're providing the opportunities for those athletes who are somewhere in the middle who could be great, who could be future Olympians, but they don't know yet. They haven't had the access to get coaching or learn how to be in a boat with other people or kind of explore. So I think as much as we talk about, you know, the scores, I think so much of it is about outreach and make sure that a sport we're saying, hey, we're looking for these people and we know there's been limited opportunity. And I think that echoes back to what Katie said earlier, you know, finding ways to not just do that for yourself as an athlete, but for coaches and other people in the sport, whether you're a high school coach or a master's coach or a college coach, to kind of reach out with that message and say, hey, what, what's going on and how can we help? What you're offering coaching, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, well, I, we're doing a little bit of this because um, there are a number of coaches out there now who actually who get paid by the session, right? Like they get paid for coaching. And so when you can't practice, you know that they're out. And so um, the guy who's our physiologist, uh, Dan German, and I, we chatted with David Matola, who's a former athlete, and he's now coaching, and we're like, we are just talking about how to, how to manage that. So we worked with Dave to come up with some training plans that 
Um, you can get the training plan on your own, uh, and we're selling that on Training Peak, so you can just get the plan and you can go ahead and run with it. And if you want coaching, you can actually get a plan with coaching, and you can get feedback on your workouts. And if you want to send, there's four video opportunities in there where you can work and like have conversations with the coach. And so we're trying to provide that for people who have access to an org and want to do it. Um, and also create a revenue stream for coaches who right now aren't getting, aren't getting paid because they can't coach. What, I mean, so that middle 50% that you were talking about, essentially, you know, I think it's, it suffices to say that like, you know, I think there is that top tier of athletes who have especially good erg scores and who are already kind of in the recruiting process who are rising seniors at this point who potentially are already kind of locking down on, on top choices. Um, but that's to say that middle 50% definitely isn't there right now and they're not going to get picked up by the sport right now. So, you know, I'm guessing that like the thing that, that, uh, rower's choice is doing in terms of like the March madness, that's, I would, I would say, hopefully one way that, that people can engage, but the entry, Katie, the entry deadline is that that's gone for this, for this particular bracket. Yes. Uh, the, but I will say is that there, in terms of participation, catch this, there's 140 entries in the girls side alone, teams of four. So, I mean, people, are, people awesome. are jumping on this. Um, and the boys side is, I think just as, just as high. So I think that this is giving us um, a lot of motivation to do another type of thing, whether it's, you know, doing another bracket that may be a little bit more subdivided by, you know, heavyweights, lightweights, maybe we won't get into that debacle, but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like maybe U19s, U17s, Don't Masters. Get into it. Yeah. No. Uh, so can I, can I strike that from the record, please? Um, but uh, <laughs> Masters versus juniors. Right. There but, needs to be a reckoning. Um, Come on, I, Sean Wolf. Time to... Sean Wolf versus... Uh, who is it? Um, Isaiah? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? Look, if, look, yeah, yeah. If this happens, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I that want is a live full stream. live stream. Yeah, what, are you, what, uh, what are you guys Wolf talking about? Um, please, but, please explain. Uh, what, is, what, is, what is going on? I don't even understand. So there's a 16 year old this year that broke Clark Dean's record when he said it was when he said it when he was 18. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, and he's, he broke it at a, as a 16 year old, the world, uh, world record. It was yeah. insane to watch. He just did it. So just like calmly and then like got up, his mom was coxing him. And then like, you know, a little bit later, like he coxed his mom and his mom PR too. So it was exactly <laughs> awesome. It's an erging family. It, awesome. It was. But Ryan, coming back to your point, like the idea of the Rose Choice, yeah, that bracket has has just come in, not come and gone in, in a bad way, but that deadline certainly closed. But we already have ideas and like stuff in the works that we're having future conversations about how we can make, make this a continued um, event from year to year or whether we do have other options. So it's, I don't know if the next one would be as big as this one for right now, because this one has really escalated. Um, but I think the concept two series that's out there too is awesome. Um, I know there's another one that's being run by 
a program down in Tennessee that's all virtual as well. Um, but one of the things that here now is actually working on too is to uh, set up a lot more live racing between each other just via Bluetooth on the PM5s. So that's something that too, I don't know how quickly they're looking to to really gather that out there or unveil that, but um, that would also open a lot of doors too, to be more interactive with teammates. Well, I mean, so, okay. So we talked a lot about like how to, how to, I mean, so I'm, I'm just going to clarify and say that I think that a lot, anyone who actually makes it this far in the video, which congratulations if you've made it this far in the recording. Not true then. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that middle 50% of recruits, so not the top 25% that are going to automatically improve on the org and be fine recruiting, but that middle 50%, potentially you're coming into the sport, like it's your second year in the sport, or that's maybe the average years, like, and you, you're improving, but you're kind of unsure about like what this all means. You know, you can engage in these contests. You can, you can, if you don't have a training program and you want coaching from, you know, a division one lightweight head coach, you can, you can look at Nick's piece on training peaks. Um, and you can do runs where you're aware of your, the way that your feet hit the ground. Um, what are some entertaining ways to, maybe we should save an entire episode for this, but like, I'm, I think one of the things that's hard is like, what can people, you know, what kind of media beyond like, I mean, what is, well, yeah, maybe an entire episode should be dedicated to corny rowing media versus like what is actually inspiring. But I think people are going to have different, different in intakes on that. But like, how do you stay kind of, in, how do you enjoy the sport? Because the ergometer is not the sport, you know, anybody have any, 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 kind of breaching thoughts on that listen to a lot of podcasts maybe one from sparks consulting so <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way it's the only way um i don't know i always like watching recordings of race videos those always inspire me a bit do you have any favorites uh i have a whole like youtube folder of them but I, so they're, I they're your own race videos. No, no, no. Mine are not inspiring. No, <laughs> no. Uh, there are ones you can like save your videos to folders or other videos to folders. So we're talking about like Henley Royal races and World Champ races, or what are we yeah, talking? About? Yeah, mostly World like it's a uh, World Champ or um, like some IRA stuff, things like that. And what what do you feel are the best filmed rowing events to actually look at look at on YouTube? What do you mean? Like how, which, I like, like the ones, uh, I don't always, there doesn't always need to, I don't really like when there's a commentator. Sometimes I like when it's like a coxswain recording that's voiced over the race. And I think that's really fun because you can see what's going on with the other boats. And you when know it's a really good coxswain, it's so, so yeah. good. And when and it's, it's not. You know the, like, you know, the outcome already. Because you're like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to go down. And you, you should have made that call sooner. <laughs> or I'm gonna. Act, you just brought something up. One thing coxswains can absolutely do is go on world rowing, pick a race, random. Just pick pick random races, pick your crew, and start coxing. Yep. You don't know what's gonna happen. Just like you don't in a real race. And then you're gonna, you know, yes, you you your moves, whatever. But you're just looking. At, it's about reading a situation 
give feedback. It doesn't matter what actually, you know, happens. Okay, then you go on for another 20, 30 strokes, read the situation. What's the most important thing to do? I would love for Cox to spend some time doing that because I think that's one of the things where you could add so much value to a crew as soon as you get back on the water. You're like, oh, I know what to do here. I've seen this situation 12 different times. Mm -hmm. This is like, this is what the crews who like ended up doing it did. You go back and you look at it. That would be awesome to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of coxswains right now who, <laughs> who their crews are getting workouts and they're doing their cruise workouts, but they're not doing a lot of like rowing intellect, right. coxing intellect type <laughs> work. Um, that's, that's definitely a free way to, there's lots of, there's lots of um, expensive ways to, to engage in coxswain coaching of which we offer a number. Um, but I think a free way is, is, uh, is to do what Nick just talked about. Well, I think like, the thing about it is, is you have to do everything in coordination, right? Um, and I think that's one of the things about trying to find ways to interact with other people, even while you're training on your own. You have this alone time where you're trying to work on a skill, you're trying to get better, you know what you're doing, and then you have to come back to reality and you test it, right? Or you come back and you talk to someone else about something you're working on. Um, you know, like before we got on this, like Danielle and I had a good like 10 minute chat about like research stuff. And that was actually really valuable because like we're both in that world, right? And I've been sitting here just staring at a computer screen for a couple of weeks. That 10 minutes was really nice. So in everything you do, do some stuff alone, but then bring it back. So I think there's value to both of those things. How do, I mean, do, do you guys have any, I've heard that some teams are doing like Zoom calls amongst the team just to like mm -hmm. keep that going. Um, do you guys have any, any thoughts around that? I mean, that seems to be a valuable thing that Coxons have done for their teams, um, is to actually kind of get that, get the, get those going every now and then. Yeah, the Zoom calls and then I've heard of people do like starting group me chats or, you know, WhatsApp chats, uh, group chats where, you know, people send the workouts that they do or, you know, post pictures of them doing it or even just like something, um, like positive in there just to keep things moving. Um, but for coxswains too, I've also talked to a few that have kind of done a little bit of virtual coaching, but a little bit of virtual coxswain, kind of what we alluded to of, you know, calling the piece and, you know, it may just be to people who they're closer with, but I think that that's a great opportunity too. But those are the coxswains that kind of took that upon themselves to do it rather than they, than wait for instruction. Um, I think we're about at concluding thoughts, you know, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Corona crew. I think we need to end it by getting Coronas. No, this is for the kids. Just kidding. I'll <laughs> splice that out. <laughs> no editing. No editing. You're right. We wouldn't, we would never. This is raw. This is just raw reality. The Corona Crew. I like it. Before we, before Big we, legs talk, and the Corona Crew. Do we want to give like an update of like where we are and how how we feel the Corona like COVID nineteen and like quarantine has affected us because we're all in four good. different parts of the uh, four different parts of the world. I think that's a great. I think that's a great way to log off. Start us off from Connecticut. Uh, all right. Um, 
I am here in Connecticut. I'm going on week three of lockdown and quarantine with my parents. Um, so Connecticut is one of the states that has increased travel bans and uh, restrictions. So it's definitely been interesting watching that evolve, um, how that has affected me and my day to day. Um, well, as many of you know, or will know, uh, I have transitioned out of Penn and I'm starting my uh, new gig with Rover's Choice. So it's been a little bit of a reflective period, but also I've been struggling to find my own personal space. Um, so I built a home gym in my basement. So that is my own sanctuary that I go spend like a given amount of time in a day. Um, but I think it's just very important to stay home and um, you know tell tell people that you love them, take the time to be with yourself. But um, I do not know anyone with the virus that is close to me. Nick, <clears throat> I'm at the epicenter. Uh, I'm still in Manhattan, in Chelsea, but staying inside, trying to get a Whole Foods window to get. Uh, groceries delivered, Whole Foods, Fresh Direct, anybody, I would, anything that will deliver groceries, I, I am willing to pay for it, but I can't get a slot. So <laughs> he, he's reaching out right now to, to Whole Foods directly. I'll tag them. I'll tag them. <laughs> At Whole Foods, please help Nick Lee Parker. <laughs> uh, so I'll ch I check like a few times a day, but it hasn't happened yet, but still plenty of food. And um, no, it's been, uh, yeah, it's going on week three as well. I was packed up and getting ready to leave for our training camp the next day when this came through that it was going to be canceled. Our trailer was already on the way. Um, so I've slowly kind of like unwound from that. And uh, likewise, doing the same with some fitness and, you know, getting outside. I went outside for a run on the rain because I was like, it won't be crowded. But if I go for a run outside in the rain, there were a lot of people outside on like the West Side Highway. Like, a lot of people with kids too, like four or five year olds. Like I think, you know, they're in an apartment, they get stuck up. So, I, you know, they, they got to get them out and run them. Um, but even for during the rain, it was pretty, it was pretty packed. So other than that, staying inside, being good, following the rules. Danielle. I'm in Alabama. We are on our third day of our 24 hour curfew. That is not a shelter in place uh, because we just started caring, I would say about two weeks ago. Uh, but I think that because it has escalated around us so quickly, people are taking it a bit more seriously, uh, which is good. There are not really any cars on the road. Lots of people are staying home. Um, the university is, you know, the main thing here and that's all remote working and a lot of the bigger companies are following suit. So it's good to see that they are falling in line with the rest of the country. Uh, but I mean, I was able to get some equipment from the gym that I go to. So that was great. And because I am not uh, mandated by any higher power, I'm still able to take the dogs to the boathouse and there's no one there and we go sit on the dock and they hang out and it's nice it's 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 nice to be able to change quarantine locations and not worry about a lot of people being around 
As soon as you said that, though, Alabama's boathouse is going to be packed now. No, they it's locked. They can't. He's got a key. We can't even get into our offices or the boathouse if we yeah. want to. The security guards, everything is on total shutdown. Like, there's stuff I need in my office, and sorry, bad, can't get it. But that's the right thing to do because you know um, we do between my partner and I, we know a couple of people who have tested positive, and it's not the flu. It is much, much worse, even for someone who's young and healthy. I mean, she's down. It's now been two weeks and just getting better. And it sounds really rough. So I think, you know, it, this is really fun to do. But like when I look outside the window, I'm thinking, man, like for some people, this really hits them. And it's enough people that we're all going to know somebody or know somebody who knows somebody that was affected by the end of this. And um, I hope it stays at two or three degrees of connection, not, you know, everybody knows somebody. Right. How's New Mexico, Ryan? I am perfecting my survivalist skills um, in order to be able to fish and cook the, the fish so I don't rely on the grocery store um and uh to send some of your fish to nick <laughs> yeah nick needs the fish <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be good by the time it gets here um i've actually shrunken myself to mini size which is why these boats behind me are actually just normal scale <laughs> no one's gonna see the boats ryan what do you mean no one can see the boats on instagram they'll be able to when i post snippets Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we're, yeah, I guess this is audio as well as video, but I have a background of, of boats behind me. Um, in reality, like, I think we're very lucky here in the state of New Mexico. We've done 10,000 tests. We have 300 positive cases. Um, we are, uh, it's a very beautiful place to be. Um, and, and, you know, we're lucky to be here. That's it from the Corona crew, eh? That's it from the Corona crew. Danielle, can you put up like, like send us um, suggestions, like name suggestions? Because I think we can do a lot like better than just Corona crew. Yes, that was just, that was just created right now by, by Ryan. <laughs> so, yes. Even like, even like quarantine, like maybe a little bit better. We can the we'll, quarantine series. The quarantine. I like Coro, it. Coro dash nah. Coro. <laughs> nah, we're not gonna do it. I kind of like that one. Play on words. How I think awesome. I like that one. How many times have you come up with the triple plan? This is the first time in my life. I'm super excited. I think I like that one. All right, let's give it to Nick. Let's give it to Nick. I'll make a flashy uh, intro. It'll look good. Okay. People will be go. pleased. Okay, Ryan has to go. Okay, yeah. I need to work on my dissertation. So does Nick. Same. Same. I need to go work on the Rower's Choice March Mania. Tune in for seating. Even All right. Cool. I like it. For our right. listeners, right. we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.